Thank you for listening to Connection Church's podcast. This week, guest speaker Billy Shiver continues the series entitled, I Am. This week, we look at the statement that Jesus makes, I am the good shepherd. Billy challenges us that we need to begin going to God with everything and let Him lead us and stop trying to lead ourselves. It doesn't matter what we've done, but that today we can be honest with ourselves and with Jesus and lay everything down. That's pretty intense stuff right there. I feel like I need like a slingshot or something up here to, to throw. But anyway, um, so my name is Billy. I work with the college students um, here at Connection Church, and, and I'm so excited and, and nervous and humble and, and, and everything that you can be um, to speak to you guys this morning and, and just kind of um, getting to know me a little bit. I mean, um, I usually use three things to describe me. I mean, I love Jesus with, with everything I am. And um, I love God's word and I love his Bible and, and I believe it and I believe that, that it is life and when he says that it's, it's living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword and cuts to the heart, I believe that. I believe that it, it's what David says it is. It's, it's sweeter than honey to our lips and, and it's, it's more precious than gold and, and I believe that um, it's life and, and, and when I read it, I, James talks about reading it like a mirror, looking into it and if you walk away from it and, and, and forget what it says and, you know, you're a foolish man. So I try to read it and, and, and apply it to my life and, and the Lord showed me that it really is life. And, um, and then the last thing is I love seeing people come to know him. It's what gets me jacked up. It what makes me feel like as I was preparing for this, I felt like I was preparing for a football game. I mean, it's like you got, you know, you're jacked up, nervous, you got all this stuff going on and you get up here and it's like, all right, it's, it's game time. Like we, your preparation's here and, um, so it's just, it's just been awesome, man. I'm humbled to, to speak to you guys and, and hang out with you guys. But as, as the screen says, we've been going through this series called I Am. And, and it's Jesus' I Am statements through the book of John. And, and it's funny to watch how Jesus interacts with, with these different types of people in the book of John. There's, there's on one side, you've got these Pharisee people who are, are we know these people. They're the, the religious people who have it all together and they know everything there is to know about the Bible and and, you know, they've been on seven more mission trips than you have. They've read nine billion times more of the Bible than you have. Um, they, they've memorized it. They know all these things. And, and Jesus, it's funny to watch him interact with those people. And then he's got these people like this Samaritan woman who is this woman who's not even supposed to, to be interacting with him at all. And he, and he goes to her and he reveals himself as the Christ. And he goes to, you know, this blind man at the pool of Siloam and, and he he reveals himself as the Christ, but he walks up to these religious people and, and he comes up to them and, and he, he uses these I am statements to describe them. For one, they're all found in the Old Testament, so they would know them because they knew the Old Testament. Some would even say they had it memorized. Um, but it was, it's just like he walks up to these guys and they're like, dude, who are you? You're doing all these miracles. Like, what's going on? Like, who the crap are you? You know, and it's like, and then he, he uses all these statements of, you know, I am, he says, I'm the bread of life. Like, okay, what does that mean, God? Um, and I'm the light of the world. It's like, all right, Jesus, you're still, you're losing me. I, you know, I gotta, gotta find you. And then last week, Brandon talked about, he said, I am the gate of the sheep. And, and he's using all these terms because the Old Testament says the gate of the sheep, like Brandon was saying, is, is only the righteous may enter. And, and he says, I'm righteous and I want to give you righteousness and, and I'm going to walk you through the gate. But the cool thing is we're looking at the good shepherd this week. He just doesn't walk us through the gate. He says, I'm with you. I'm the good shepherd. And, um, and, and he says, I'm going to lead you. So let me pray for us real quick and, and then we'll get into it. Um, John 10, if y'all want to go ahead and start turning there. But Lord God, I just, Lord, I thank you for 
um, who you are, Lord. I thank you for, for all of these people um, God, that are here this morning. I don't know them all, and I don't know where they're, where they're at with you. Um, God, but you do, and, and you are a high priest that sympathizes with that. And, and Lord, I pray that as, as we get into your word this morning, that I do believe it's life, God, and I do believe it cuts us to the heart, God, and I do believe it changes us, and I do believe that, that you, you are who you say you are, God. And, and Lord, I pray that this morning that you would just come and send your Holy Spirit to um, just speak to us, and God, we just want to lift you up. So, Lord, I just uh, pray over the service in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so all right, we're going to be in John 10, so if, if you guys want to turn there with me. Um, verse 27 is where we're going to start, 27 through 29, and I'll read it for us real quick. Um, so he says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my hand. And, and we see this, and, and Jesus, the first thing he says is he says, my sheep. And, and it's all throughout the Old Testament. You see it. Jesus refers to us as sheep over 500 times in the Bible. And it's like, dang, Jesus, if you're going to choose an animal, why would you choose sheep? Like, make me a lion or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, make me something. And, and, and Jesus compares us to sheep, but if you, if you get the correlation, you understand what he's talking about when he prepares us to sheep. And it's such a beautiful picture. You've got to see this. A sheep is... I mean, it's a pretty dumb animal, I'm not going to lie. I'm not saying y'all are dumb, but seriously, we are dumb sometimes. Um, and, and a sheep, it, it, you get this picture of, nowadays we always think the cowboy movies, like you walk around, the dude on the horse behind him, like slapping him with a lasso and moving him on. But in this time, the shepherd would lead the sheep from the front. So he would say, all right, come on, and, and they'd follow him behind. But the crazy thing about it is these sheep, once they start following, they follow the sheep in front of them. So if you've got a dumb sheep like me, you know, I'd be walking or whatever, and I'd have all my sheep behind me. And if I walk off a cliff, guess what? They're coming with me. So Jesus is, is giving us this correlation so that we can know that he's not leaving us. He's the good shepherd. He's going to lead us, and he's going to lead us um, to good pasture. So, so he does this thing, and, and it's funny because in Christianity today, we've almost separated it into two subgroups. And, and we got these people who believe they're sheep, and they're like, Jesus, I'll follow you anywhere you go. And they're like, you, you can be the Lord and the Savior of my life. And then we got these people over here who believe Jesus is a great Savior, man. He, he, he died on the cross for us. He, he, he rose again, and, and he saved us. But I don't want to be anything like him. I don't, I don't want to follow him. I don't want nothing to do with him. I just want my get-out-of-hell-free card kind of deal. And, and the problem is, Jesus comparing us 500 times to sheep, this, this person isn't in the Bible. It's not biblical. And that's the only problem. When I saw it matching my life up to it, it was just like, where, where do we see that in the, in the Bible? And, and that's kind of what I want to talk to you about this morning and um, how we've separated this whole idea of Jesus as Savior and Jesus as Lord. And, and, and what I want you to know is, is believing in Christ without following Christ really isn't believing at all. It's agreeing to a set of facts about a religious figure. So listen to that again. Believing without following Christ isn't believing, it's agreeing to a set of facts about a religious figure. And, and, and you see this thing, and, and it, just think about it like this. I'll, I'll try to explain a little more. All right, so you see Jesus when he comes and he calls his disciples in the Bible. It's not like he walks over and he's like, hey, Simon, Andrew, uh, y'all believe in me? All right, cool, y'all hang out. 
And, and then he goes, is it? You know, Jesus walks to him and he's like, do you want to follow me? Come, come follow me. I'm good. You know, so think about it in that kind of way. So when we get this whole decision of, of following Christ or being a Christian, it's more than the, just the acknowledgement that Jesus is Savior. It's, it's Jesus, your Savior, you're good. I understand that you're my shepherd and you want to lead me to life. So, so just think about it in that kind of way. And, and here's what I want you to know, and this is kind of the key thought. I'll go ahead and put it out there so sometimes my communicating is not um, effective as it should be. So here, here's the idea. Following Christ is not just about doing all the right things. So, so get this picture. Following Christ, and hear me out on this. Don't just take this out of context. Following Christ is not just about coming to church, reading your Bible, going on mission trips, uh, doing all these things that you think of, of good things. It's not just um, all these lists of rules and don'ts, of, of all these things that we put into it. it. It's more about us coming to Christ and realizing we can't do it alone and saying, God, I need you to change the desires of my heart to, to want to be like you. And then out of that, everything springs forth. Think about it. John 4, he walks up to the woman at the well and he walks up and he says, I want to put in you a well, a wellspring that's going to spring up to eternal life. So what he's saying is, is I want you to come to me and, and I'm going to put a wellspring of life, the Holy Spirit, aka the Holy Spirit. I'm going to put that in you and then everything you do is going to spring up out of that. But, but the problem I found in my life is I'm a pretty independent type of guy. So I'm like, all right, I'm just the type of guy, if somebody tells me to do something, I'm going to do it. I don't want dependence on somebody else. I don't want anything else. And that's where it hurts us as, as a Christian. We're, we're scared to come to God with our problems and saying, God, like, I can't do it alone. I need you to change me to want to do it. And, and, and here's the deal. He says, following Christ doesn't work when Christianity is just something you do as to opposed as to opposed it being who you are. So this is the, this is the issue I want to kind of hit this morning is, is, is following Christ is not just something you do. It's coming to Christ and making it who you are. And then from that, everything springs forth. Does that make sense? All right, here we go. All right. So I, I want to tell you a story. Um, I work a lot of camps, a lot of FCA camps. Um, and, and I had this kid one time and, and who's heard of plant high school in Florida. Anybody from Florida should be heard of it. Um, and, and it's a huge football powerhouse school. It's where the quarterback of Georgia played, Aaron Murray, Orson Charles, the tight end, not ringing any bells. Um, great football powerhouse. They've run, won probably four state championships in the last six years or something weird like that. And, um, but anyway, I have this guy, his name's Nathan, and he, and he comes up to me, and, and I'm teaching him, and I'm, we're doing small groups, and I'm, I'm telling him about how following Christ is not just just acknowledging that God is who he is, but it's actually surrendering your life to him and following him. And he comes to me afterwards and he calls me to the side and he's like, Billy, he's like, I started as a sophomore. I, I won two, I've already won two state rings. We're probably going to win two more. Um, all the girls like me. Um, my parents got me a great truck, got a great house. My parents give me anything I've, I've ever wanted. Why is Jesus worth giving all this up for? And, and why is he worth following? Why is Jesus worth surrendering my whole life for? It's a great question, phenomenal question. And, and he comes to me and he says that. And, of course, I'm sitting back like, oh, Lord. Um, and, and, and I didn't really, it kind of stumped me. It was about two, two, two years ago. And, and I come, but that's the question I want to I answer for you all this morning. And I want you to see how Jesus 
in him talking about being the good shepherd, answers this question of why Jesus is worth giving up your whole life for and, and following him and, and, and all this stuff. So um, the first thing I want you to know is that God is worth following because he's good. And, and I say that, that's simple, but listen, and it, here it goes. And uh, read, turn to John 10, still, obviously. Um, and, and read, ver- follow with me right here. I'm going to read 11 through 13 and then 17 and 18. So Jesus says this. He says, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. The wolf snatches them and scatters them. And then he says, he flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. And then bounce down to verse 17. He says, for this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from the father. Okay, so keyword in there. He lays his life down, right? So he says it um, five times in eight verses. He says, I'm going to lay down my life. And, and, okay, Billy, why is it a big deal that, that Jesus lays his life down as opposed to some Roman soldiers beating him to death and, and, and him dying? Well, well, the big deal is that he's God, right? So you can't just kill him. You know, you can't just kill it. Or think about it in this way. He's not just, it's not like God was sitting around one day and he was like, yo, Jesus, um, you know, here's $5 million, go die for these people. No, he says, I did it on, on my own initiative. I wanted these people. So I went and I paid the price that they deserved to reconcile them back to God. So when we, when we change this view, we see it, we change the view of the cross. And this is huge. When you change your view of the cross, you see that it's a God centered view of the cross versus a man centered view of the cross. Cause the man centered view of the cross would say, well, I'm pretty good. You know, Jesus, I'm uh you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much worth it. So like you, you know, you, you owe me this, this is due for me, for you to come and die. But the problem with that is, is that it misses the whole term of grace, right? And grace is, is, is what we love, love to hear. And, and I, and I define grace like this. Grace is God loves you because he's good, not because you are. So, so God's grace is God loves you because he's good, not because you are. And, and how does this change? It, it changes everything. Just imagine this. How do we know God's good? The cross is the simple answer. But here, think about this with me. All right, you've got holy God, holy, perfect, righteous, no sin amongst him. And then you've got these people over here, sinful, not holy, not righteous, set apart. Our sin separates us from this holy God. So we've got a huge chasm. Brandon talked about it last week. We've got a huge chasm we have to cross to get to this holy God. And, 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 in our sin, God says he's a, he's a God of justice. And, and, and sin deserves death. And, and, and he says his, his righteous anger and wrath. Okay, so instead of pouring that out on them, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to put myself in the flesh, and I'm going to come over here, and I'm going to die for them so that I can reconcile for them to God. I'm going to take on all of, this, all of the wrath and the anger that that you deserve. And I'm going to take that on my son. And, and that's phenomenal just to think about that. But not only that, here's what, here's what else he says. He says, I'm going to do that, but here's what else I'm going to do. When they come to me and they believe in me, I'm going to, I'm going to take their heart of stone out their heart. And Jesus says that we're sinful by birth and by choice. Psalm 51, Ephesians two, he, he says that. 
And he says, you know, it, it's, it's that idea of, of him, Ezekiel 36. Brandon talks about this all the time. And he says, taking that heart of stone out, and I'm going to put in a heart of flesh that desires to please me and desires to be like me. And it's like, how good is that God? I mean, he, not only does he die for us and substitute himself in for us to take on that, but he, he says, when you believe in me, I'm going to give you a new heart that desires to be like me and the desires to follow me. And I'm going to make Christianity not something you do, but I'm going to make it who you are. And that's what following Christ is about. I mean, it's about when everything in the world tells you not to follow Christ. It's about you persevering through that because it's who you are and not just something you do. So, um, so think about that. And then and I believe it's the biggest issue in Christianity. And, and because I don't feel like we realize the magnitude of the cross. Because if we did realize the magnitude of what Jesus did on the cross we would want to follow him because he's good. I'm telling you, he's good. And, um, all right. So the next point is, uh, so we got, why is Jesus worth following? Because he's good. And then we have this next point. Why is Jesus worth following? And, and let's read John 10, 10. All right. So he says this, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So Jesus says, not only am I good, but I came to, to give life and give it abundantly. And here's what I know. Not only me, but y'all aren't going to follow Jesus unless you believe he's better than what you're following now. And the question is not, will you follow something? Everybody follows something. What, and, and, and think about this. Put, put yourself in, in this shoes. Ask yourself these questions. What is it in my life that I sacrifice everything for? It can be uh, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, college students, or it can be uh, kids. It can be your wife. It can be um, money, comfort. It can be um, I'm going to do everything I can to set me up where I don't have to depend on anything. Anything you sacrifice, everything. You sacrifice your money, your time, your talents for. That's what you're following. And, 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 and put yourself in that shoes and ask, you, ask yourself that question. And, and it's what drives you. And, and I want you to see this is, is if we don't believe that he leads to life, then the issue is not Jesus. It's, it's our trust. And, and it comes back to the root of sin because you see, he says, he says, I want you to trust me. I want you to, I want you to not have sex before marriage with your girlfriend because, because it's good, and, and sex is good inside the, the marriage covenant, you know? And he was like, I don't want you to go out and get wasted with your friends because I know what happens when that does, and, and it's leading you away from me. And it's like, okay, if, when, I, when I choose to do, not just those two sins, but any sin you can think of, when you, when you choose to do it, it's like saying, God, I know you've said this, I know you've said you're good, and I know you say you lead to life, but I know better. And, and what... What I'm going to do feels better to me right now, and I know better than you do. So it's the whole Genesis 3 thing where, where Satan comes in and he says, you know, eat this fruit because he just don't want you to be like him. You know, so it's, it's this whole issue of sin being, creeping in, and you putting yourself in the place of God saying, I know better than you. But Jesus says, you're sheep. Follow me. I lead to life. You, all you can see is what's right in front of you. I can see everything. And, and it's, it's such a beautiful beautiful picture. And you see in verses three and four and 27 that he says, his sheep hear his voice and they follow him 
because it leads to life is, is why they follow him. So when we hear Christ telling us to do something, the reason we follow him is because we believe he leads to life. So ask yourself, do you trust that Jesus leads to life? That's the question we need to ask, and that's the question I need to ask. And, and, and then, all right, so we trust God, and we want to follow him because he's good and because he leads to life. Thirdly, we want, we want to do it because, verse 27 through 30, listen to what he says. He says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. So he says, if you're my sheep, nothing can snatch you out of my hand. And, and here's the issue. We, so many times I've seen this in, in, in my life and then other people's life. I see this whole issue of us comparing God to our worldly father, our worldly boyfriend, our worldly um, guardian or anybody. So, so the stuff that, that happened to us, and here's what I want you to know, nothing you've done or nothing you can do once you're in Christ can separate you from the love of Christ, right? Romans 8, 38 and 39, I think. And, um, you see this, you see this idea of us putting, okay, well, you know, if, if I just see these things of, of the failure to trust Christ, because it's, it's like, man, I had this boyfriend who, you know, I poured out my heart to him and I, and I gave everything to him and, and, and then he abandoned me and left me. And, and what I would tell you is, is God's not your boyfriend. He's not like him. God is good. And, and it's this, this idea of, you know, something I did, like, I mean, I've heard stupid stuff, like a girl getting a belly button ring or something, and, and her dad's like, whatever, like, you know, and like completely abandoning or, you know, something like, I mean, maybe it's, and this is a terrible situation, but maybe it's, it's sexual abuse by your dad or it's, um, it's your dad doing stuff he shouldn't have supposed to, to and, and you bring that into your relationship with God. And what I want to tell you is, listen to me, God is not that. God is good. And God loves you, and he says he'll never leave you or forsake you. And how cool is it that once we're, God, once we're in, the, in, the, in the flock of God that nothing can take us out? And, and here, you've got to read this. Romans, um, go to Romans 8, 38 and 39. Sorry, computer guys. So this is what, this is what he says. Romans 8, 38 and 39. He says, for I'm sure... That neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And, and I'm telling you, it is the greatest thing ever to know that your God is all-powerful and, and nothing that anybody can throw against you can separate you from that love. And, and I say this, non-believer, if you're here and you don't know about this Jesus thing, hear this. I don't care how bad you are or what you've done or what you think you've done. You can't outrun the grace of God. And there's nothing you can do to outrun it. It's, it however bad you think you are, turn right back around. He's staring you down the face and he's saying, nothing you do can separate you from the love that I have for you. And, and hear that, hear that and believe that. And, and then lastly, um, God is worth following because he's good, because he leads to life, because he gives us eternal protection, and, and this is my favorite, because he allows us to know him. And, and listen to this, John 10, 14 through 15. 
All right, this is what he says. I'm the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. So Jesus is saying, I've, I gave my life up on the cross so that you could know me and that I could know you. And, and it's this whole difference of, and this is my testimony, so you're going to hear me very passionate about this, but um, for, for so, so long, it, it's this difference between knowing about God and knowing God. And, and it's this, this difference of, of me for, for two years of my life after I, I, I came down and, and I prayed this prayer and I did all this thing and, and, and everybody was telling me what I was supposed to do as a Christian, like, you know, don't have sex with your girlfriend, don't do drugs, don't do this, uh, you know, read your Bible, come to church, be involved with your FCA, do all these things. And, and, and I was doing tons of things, but inside of me I was so miserable and unfulfilled. And I feel like this is a lot... A lot of you guys here, and God gave me this word because it, it is where some of you guys are here. And, and you're here, you come to church, maybe you're in a small group, maybe you're doing all these things, but there's no fulfillment in it, and you're miserable, and, and there's no joy, there, there's no nothing. And, and here's what I would say to you, and this is where it goes back to following Jesus is not about like stacking up your good deeds versus your bad deeds. It's not about you know going to 73 mission trips to block out how many times you did whatever. You know, it's not about that. It, it, here's what it's about. It's about you coming to Christ and saying, Lord, I know I don't, I know I can't follow you apart from you. So come and change who I am so that I can follow you. And, and, and it comes back to, um, John five thirty nine through 40. And I'll read this. You don't have to just write it down. Um, he says, you search the scriptures because you think that he's talking to the Pharisees. So, so these are the people that know everything about Jesus. Um, they know, they've memorized the Old Testament. They've done all this stuff. He says, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that testify about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. And I feel like this is where so many people are. And I see it all the time. And it's where I was for two years of my life. I was doing everything you could possibly do to be a Christian. And everybody looked at me on the outside and they were like, dude, he's got it going on. He's doing I mean, he's playing football, leader of the FCA. He's doing, you know, he's doing all this stuff. He's, he's got it. But inside, I was being somebody I wasn't. And, and inside, it wasn't about me. I was being the good guy because I wanted everybody to talk about me. And I wanted all the girls to think I was a good guy. And I wanted all these things. Like, it was selfish. Inside, it was a selfish motive. And I feel like this is where so many people are is, is we do something. We, by coming to church, doing small group, doing all these things, we're being somebody we're not. And, and listen to me. Jesus is right in front of you. And he's saying, come to me. Come to me. Realize you can't do it on your own. Come to me and, and just tell me that. Be honest with me. Tell me that you want life. Because I got it. I can give it to you. You know, and he's right in front of you. And he's saying that. And he's like, just let me make this who you are. That way, coming to church on Sunday, we're not all late. Because it's who we are. We want to come fellowship with God. We want to come fellowship with God. We want to see our other brothers and sisters in Christ. We want to come get in God's word. We want to sing to him. We, we want to do all these things because it's who we are. And when times get tough and everything around us is, is telling us, dude, don't follow Christ. That's not fun. That's, that's not, I mean, that's not worth it. It's who we are. We follow the desire of our heart because God, we've come to God and he's changed who we are. And he's given us his Holy Spirit that desires to be like him. Um, and, and I want to, I want to kind of end here and, and I feel like there's, there's three types of people that 
that I think we can fall into the category of. And, and the first type of person is we either don't have a clue who we're following, but we, but we know it's not God. And, and we know we're not following God. And, and maybe it would be, I don't have a desire to follow God. And, and, and this person would look at me and he would say, Billy, I just don't have a desire to follow Christ. I want to sin all the time. And here's what I would say to that person. I would look you in the eyes and I would say, perfect. You need a new heart. And, and you, need, you need to come to God and tell him that and be honest with him. And, and you need a new heart. And he'll give you a new heart. So your next step and, and maybe what you need to do today and, and is you need to come before God and say, God, I've, I've been trying to follow you for, for as long as I can. And I realize I can't do it on my own. I'm miserable. All I want to do is, is go hang out with, with my old friends who are just sinning and partying all the time. And, and I'm, I'm falling into that all the time. And I would tell you come to Jesus. He gives you a new heart and, and it makes Christianity a joy and it makes it awesome to, to do the works of God because it's who you are. And, and maybe the second type of person is this person. And he says, you know, everything there is to know about Jesus, but you don't know him. And, and I would say this, this person would, would say this. They'd say, Billy, being a Christian is just a list of rules of do's and don'ts. I go to church, I'm in a small group, I read my Bible, but I'm still unfulfilled and I'm still, I'm, I'm just miserable. And, and I would say, hear, hear me when I say this, I, I, that is me. That's who, that's who I was. And, and I was like, I can't, God, I cannot do this anymore. Like it, it's just a list of rules and regulations and, and I can't do this. I can't do that. And, and I, and I have to read my Bible. I don't want to do it anymore. It's too much pressure. And, and I would say to you, come before God. He's, he's John 5, 38, 39, right in front of you. He's saying, come to me so I can give you life. I want to give you a new heart. I want to give you a Holy Spirit that desires to be like me. And, and I want you to come to me. And I would say, your next step is, is to come before God today and, and ask him, Lord, give me a new heart. Give me a heart that desires to follow you. And, and that's the second person. And then the third is is a person who you know you know Christ and, and, and you, you're trying your best to follow him as best you can of being who you are. And, and, and you realize that your highest joy comes from following him, that he's changed it to who you are. So you can run into sin as long as you want to, but you, and, and you can run from it, but God always brings you back to the point of like, dude, what are you doing? That's not who you are. You know, that, that, and that, that's, the deal. that's the Holy Spirit in you drawing you back to him saying, those no longer fulfill you anymore. I've given you new desires. Your desires used to be weak. That's why pornography and, and all these things satisfy us because our desires are weak. But when Christ gives us the desires, guess what? His desire can only be fulfilled in him. And, and that's why you can run all these different ways and, and try to go and prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it, right? The song. And it's, we can go all these different ways, but Christ brings you back and he says, you know the joy it is from following me and you repent and that time of refreshing comes and, and you follow Christ. And to this person, I would say, I need you. Our students need you. College students need you. We need you to, to, to mentor us. We need you to show us the joy that you have in following Christ. We need you, if you're not in a small group, first thing we need you to do is get in a small group and, and show 
people the joy that it is in following Christ. And, and, and secondly, like pour into somebody's life. Take one of these college students in this room and just ask them, like, can I, can I just take you out to lunch? Or will you come over? And dude, I just want to tell you about life. And, and a college student, I think the problem with us sometimes is we think people don't know anything. So when, when they ask us and, and they want us to come over, we're like, well, they can't teach us. They're old, right? You know, but here's what I would say. When the church is, is functioning like the church is supposed to function, it's, it's people spurring each other on and, and saying, like, dude, I made this mistake when I was your age. Don't make this mistake. Trust me. Following Christ is, is better. And, and allowing them to know you and him and them to know you back and, and to, to, to get in this thing and, and get in a small group where people can just spur you on and, and not to be a needy friend because everybody hates this person. Like you, you, somebody comes to you and, and they're just, I mean, they're aggravating to be serious. And it's, it's, they come to you and it's like, okay, well, I know you're following Jesus and I want that. So I need to be with you every minute and I need to see. And the problem, it, it goes right back to the per, who the person is. It's like we find our life in listening to Brandon on Sunday, and we're like, man, his relationship with the Lord is strong. My life's in him. Okay, well, what happens if, if by all means, Brandon's not here anymore? Or, or, or we find our life in listening to a podcast from all these podcasts that are out there, John Piper, Francis Chan, David Platt, all these people. Hear this. They can't give you life. Jesus is looking at you, and he's saying, come to me. I want... I want to know you and I want to allow you to know me. And, and when everything else falls apart and everything else um, is, is going good, you don't run to Brandon or, or you don't run to, to David Platt or you don't run to all these people that we set up or your, your, your dad or your, or your best friend or, or whoever it is that you run to. You run to Jesus and you say, Jesus, this is what's going on in my life. Change me. Change who I am because you trust that he leads to life and you trust that he's all powerful and you trust that he's good and that he's going to change that and that he can change that. And, and that's what it means to know Christ. You, you know him. You run to him. It, it's, it's, it's a perfect example. Jesus does it all throughout the Bible. So, so, and, and that type of person, we would need you. And, and, and we need you to come and, and commit to, to mentoring somebody, to discipling somebody, to be in the church. And, and the last thing is, is where we started. A commitment to follow Christ. Hear me on this. Following Christ is not about just doing all the right things. Following Christ is not about seeing how many Bible studies you can go to in the week and, and, and coming to church 150 times or, or giving so much money or, or doing all these religious things. That's not what following Christ is. And I see it. I know, I know some of y'all are where I was. And, and it's miserable. I know. Trust me. It's not fulfilling. It's, it's why you have Tom Brady and Ted Turner saying, I wish somebody would have told me when I got to the top that it was going to be this empty. And that, that winning four Super Bowls can't, can't fulfill me. Or Ted Turner, I got all the money I could ever want. And it doesn't fulfill me. Like, it, it's why that, that's there. And, and it's, it's, so it's not about doing all the right things. It's, it's more about coming to Christ and asking him to give me a new heart so that my desires can be like him. And that everything you do is, is flowing out of this Holy Spirit's desire to be like Christ. And, and, and that's what it's about. And, and I, know, 
I know this would free, I'm telling you, it frees you up. You don't know what freedom in Christ is until you come and you ask God to give me life. Lord, I'm, to do, I'm tired of doing this on my own. Come to him. And, and we're about to sing a song. And this is, this is my favorite song. And, and, and I want you to know that just spend some time with Jesus for a second, for, for a, a minute, and just pray to him and say, God, if this is me, I want life, Lord. I don't want Christianity to just be something that I'm doing. I want it to be who I am. And, and come deal with him. we got people who, who would love to pray with you about it. They're not perfect. Trust me, I hang out with them all the time. And, and, but they don't claim to be perfect. But I'll tell you what they do. They know Jesus. And, and he, their righteousness comes from him. So we're about to sing this song. And, and um, don't sing it unless you mean it. And, and hear me on that. Hear my heart on that. Don't, don't, don't sing this unless you mean it. And let me pray for you real quick.